0: All right, here we go. That's Christian. That's Jimmer. That's our new intro. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Trips. I think we need um, intro music. You know how baseball players come out and they have their own music?
1: Yeah, we've discussed this for a while.
0: No, not a jingle. Music. What or, would your What would your tune be?
1: What would my tune be? Probably something silly like circus music.
0: Yeah, mine would be like ACDC's Highway to Hell.
1: No, I was thinking more like Back in Black or something. I'm
0: on a highway to hell. That's pretty good,
1: too. Enter like nice. Sandman or Metallica.
0: That would be good, too. Yeah. Anyway, today's topic, hamstring. As, well, in, gonna, as in the TV announcers going, oh, it looks like Tony's got a hamstring.
1: Oh, well, that's got to be a hamstring.
0: It looks like a hamstring to me. But we're going to do a
1: two-part series on the hamstring. Today we're going to cover hamstring injuries pretty broadly and then next podcast we're going to go over proximal hamstring injuries.
0: So we're going to do it more narrowly.
1: Yes, we will narrow down our focus quite a bit.
0: Then we're going to do the croquis paprika, paprika, potato chips. Compliments of Karen. Thanks Karen. Thank you very much. We learned something today. We did? Yeah, croquis is a Belgian company, not a Dutch company.
1: These are Belgian potatoes.
0: So they're soft.
1: I don't know what they are
0: belgians are soft. Well, check. We love the belgians. They're check. cute.
1: Check. Well, hamstring injuries broadly, you hear of strains, pulls, tears, tendinitis, occasionally tendon
0: ruptures, uh, avulsion injuries. Those are good. And well, then, they're not, but they that's pretty rare though and on the uh, hamstring.
1: Tendinosis, which is again the the long duration tendon injury that is no longer actively inflamed. Right.
0: It's like a chronic tendonitis.
1: Yes, absolutely. But generally speaking, your signs and symptoms are going to be pain in the back of the thigh. Typically, this is a a sharp, sudden pain from an activity, which I think most people are common with seeing. in athlete running along.
0: Sprinters, big one, right? Sprinters. Sprinters. Pulls
1: up lame, grabs the back of their leg. This will usually be followed by a period of uh, swelling, certainly tenderness, bruising can usually occur within a a few hours or days. We'll get to the Judy story in a minute, but
0: yeah, uh, that's some talk about bruising.
1: That's a pretty impressive one. And then there's always muscle weakness and and in higher level injuries, there can be significant difficulty walking uh, and even weight bearing And, and in the of more mild versions, there can be a little bit of difficulty walking, or the, the first few steps c- can be quite tricky. Anatomically?
0: Most, yeah. You want to talk anatomically? Hamstring, three muscles.
1: Yep, three, three main, predominantly large muscles. Two of them kind of run together and function together, but, but have different tendons, uh, semimembranosus and semitendinosus. Love it. And then biceps femoris, so similar to the biceps in your, your upper arm. Uh, we have a biceps in our in our thigh.
0: Yeah biceps runs more on the outside. Yeah I was going to say lateral. But
1: lateral. Yeah outside. I was just trying to make it.
0: And the semi is more on the inside. Yeah. Yeah so it's possible to you know have a tear in one of those three and still have hamstring function. Absolutely. Which is probably why a lot of people are still able to walk. Yeah
1: yeah. Uh, I mean and tearing can vary considerably. I mean, they have grades of tearing, grade one, which is, you know, what we could call strain more than a tear typically. This is usually tight and and achy and recovers quicker. Uh, uh, Grade two is gonna be a partial tear. This is usually highlighted by by more sharp pain. Usually there's significant bruising and, uh, you know, walking is, is painful. And then you have a grade three, which is a full tear, which is not very common, thankfully. But in these cases, it's very, very difficult to, to weight bear. There's a lot of bruising and, and pain is really high usually. Yeah. Not, not common though, which is good. Seen a couple. Yeah. That probably brings us
0: right to our, uh, our Judy story. To our Judy story. Yeah. One of my favorite patients. I shouldn't say that. All of my patients are favorites. Yeah, anyway, Judy is, uh, is a patient who, uh, who came in after an altercation in, in which she tried to kick somebody and in the process of kicking this person away from her, uh, managed to tear her hamstring tendon. Um, p- probably between a grade two and a grade three, maybe. I don't think it was a complete tear, but it was substantial enough that when I saw her two days after the incident, The whole back of her leg, and when I say whole, I mean the whole back of her leg, from her butt to her ankle, was black and blue. One of the more impressive things I've ever seen.
1: It was, I mean, it was black. There wasn't a lot of blue in there. (laughs) There was no yellow yet. No, it it was. was It was as dark as you can think.
0: Tremendous amount of bleeding that went, you know, all the way from her butt to her ankle. Um, The good news is that she made a full recovery. Yeah. So... Um, it's possible it takes time Hamstrings have a tendency to be kind of finicky because as soon as you feel better and you start resuming activity you um, you're on the risk of reaggravating it
1: And that is a very common issue with hamstring injuries The biggest indicator of a hamstring injury is a prior hamstring injury uh, which means the recurrence rate is substantially higher than even something like a calf injury which, is fairly common as well. And the reason for this in a lot of cases is that we see is, is usually there's a poor muscle balance situation going on and this doesn't necessarily mean that the hamstring is weak but it means that uh, we'd like to see a two to one ratio of quad to hamstring strength and that can oftentimes not be present. So even if the quad is substantially stronger than the hamstring that could be a risk factor or if the hamstring is, is closer in strength to the quad that can be a a risk factor and that's kind of debatable to some extent. Uh, The other thing we'll see is when the hamstring is used as a stabilizing muscle for the knee. So in these particular cases individuals will lack hip abduction strength or or hip external rotation strength and they will struggle to maintain alignment between their hip their knee and, and their foot and ankle. And in those particular cases, those are individuals who tend to be very strong in their, their quad area. We call them quad dominant. And so they are trying to use their quads and hamstrings to do everything with stability. And that results in too much work for the hamstring. And then, unfortunately, a hamstring injury can occur.
0: Yeah, I think those uh, those of um, of you who known, who've known me for a while and especially students. And the, the, the hamstring stretch that a lot of people do is, is kind of like a pet peeve of mine, because a lot of people feel that their hamstring is tight. Notoriously, the hamstring isn't tight, it's overworked. So what Christian was reverting to already is that if that hamstring is hypertoned, which is a different, you know, neurologically has a different meaning than a tight muscle, um, it tends to be overworked, which will lead it to, um, to overuse injuries. And leave it more prone to to, um, you know, to either tearing or de- definitely developing some type of tendinitis.
1: And I'd say that's far and away the most common mechanism that we treat.
0: Yeah, and, and it would become, you know, the, if you want to call it postural, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a postural or a muscle imbalance that, that goes back to, a, spending a lot of time sitting, which will have a propensity for the hamstring to uh, to be more active or, or short, and then B, if you're quad dominant, you're, you're loading the hamstring in a way that it wasn't designed. So, a lot of people are not comfortable using the hamstring eccentrically, meaning that it lengthens while it controls a load. Um, you know, everybody knows the hamstring curls uh, in the gym, so, you know, that, that machine's kind of tossed in there for those who feel that they need to work the hamstring, but it's probably the least functional way to treat your your hamstring. So there's lots of good functional eccentric exercises out there that can be extremely beneficial once you start the the recovery process.
1: Yeah, I was reading last night, uh, this week I should say, a pretty good article on hamstrings and tight hamstrings. And this article looked at hamstring and ankle flexibility what they term deficits, and their relationship to hamstring injuries, and they found that there's no correlation between tight hamstrings, or it's not considered a risk factor in terms of tearing or injuring a hamstring. And they did this uh, with 400 and almost 40 professional soccer players, so a pretty big collection of individuals. Granted, they're professionals, but that means that their workload is substantially higher, but they found no correlation between tight hamstrings and a tendency for hamstring injury, which kind of rules out the whole stretching your hamstring as a protective mechanism. Well, yeah. it doesn't rule it out, but it, it certainly doesn't encourage that.
0: Yeah, it's not the main reason, right? Yeah. And though that, that leads me to another pet peeve of mine. Whoever decided that um, normal hamstring length would mean that you can touch your toes with your fingers and keeping your knees straight. Mm-hmm. Um, did everybody a, a, um, a disfavor because that, that's such an abstract measurement, right? I mean, there's so many variables in there. There's a huge um, amount of other stuff going on. So, you know, lower leg length, upper leg length, arm length, flexibility in your lower back, flexibility in your ankle, your upper back. So please don't use that as a measurement for proper hamstring length.
1: No. the The better version is when you lie down on your back and you bring your hip to 90 degrees and then you straighten your knee out from there, depending on the angle you get, that would be a better indication of true hamstring length. Yes. And that can vary from 30 degrees to well over 120 degrees of hip flexion, depending on the sport and individual and activities involved. Yep. And And normal, again, will vary from person to person and from yeah. activity to activity. I
0: think that's the thing that we need to keep in mind, that there is no such thing as normal across the board. There's a normal for each individual, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what we're striving for. So, so stop testing your hamstring length by touching your toes. Meaningless.
1: Yeah, it does give you a general stiffness idea, whether someone's stiff or not, but it doesn't really tell you anything about hamstrings specifically. No,
0: so we need to stop doing it. Yeah.
1: Also, the big one there is neural tension. You can check a lot of neural tension doing things that way. But, again, if that's what you're looking for, great. But if you're not, it's not very useful then.
0: Nope. And there's other ways to do that. So let's yeah. let's all agree to stop doing it.
1: Uh, healing time-wise, if it's a, a grade one or mild muscle injury, you know, two to three weeks is usually a, a pretty good amount of time. Most people feel pretty good within 10 days. But, again... You need to make sure that you're not feeling good and unable to protect yourself. So this results in, again, for us, a lot of strength testing and functional testing in terms of your ability to control movement relative to other things. So is your eccentric hamstring control better than it was prior to your injury? And if it is, then we have a pretty good comfortable feeling about that. If it's not, even though you feel good, it may not be the best idea to go right back to the activity or activities that caused your injury. With grade 2 injuries, usually six weeks up to three months, I mean, these can be very difficult to recover from. When you have a full tear of the tendon, I mean, you're looking at nine months or longer. That's much more
0: significant. A whole other game. Yeah, yeah. The
1: other thing I read, which was kind of interesting, it said if you can't take four weight-bearing steps, you should probably go see your PT or physician or go to the hospital and get some additional assessment on your hamstring. That's the last thing I have to say about hamstring injuries broadly today. Broad hamstring.
0: Yeah. As opposed to the narrow hamstring.
1: Well, yes. As opposed to our focusing specifically on proximal hamstring injuries. Gotcha. Next next podcast. Yeah.
0: Trivia? Trivia. Trivia. So, the
1: question last week was, how many U.S. states border the Gulf of Mexico? And then for bonus points, which states? We had one correct answer. That's it? Well done, TJ, of five. Yeah, five.
0: Nice job, TJ. Texas,
1: Florida, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama.
0: TJ posted a very interesting video uh, yesterday. Oh, he did? Yeah. Of my son going through security at the Grand Rapids Airport. And Ian claims that every time he goes through security, he gets patted down. Mm-hmm. And so TJ had already made it through security, was waiting at a restaurant and saw Ian coming through. So he decided to start videotaping him. Oh. And I'll be darned if he didn't need to be patted down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. Well, Ian does look like a troublemaker, you know.
0: No, there's apparently he's ingested some kind of metal at a young age and it's uh-huh. stuck in his abdominal area, so it sets off the machine. It's, oh man, it's pretty funny. That Thank you funny. TJ for that uh well done for that little video. This
1: week's question how many muscles are there in an elephant's trunk?
0: The slurf. The slurf. Yes. Dutch for elephant trunk. Slurf. Yes. Uh wow. That's probably one of those trick questions. Like yeah. there's only two.
1: Maybe. Yeah, that wasn't really a guess. It could be a million. Probably not a million. No, that's, been, probably not. That's, that's a lot that's of muscle. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably between one and a million. A million.
0: Good luck with that one.
1: Arrow down 250,000.
0: Mm-hmm. Give or take.
1: Maybe. Chip time. Kroki, The Kroki Paprika. This is the large 175, he just ripped the bag, (laughs) 175 uh, gram bag, or 6.1 ounces, I think. Uh, chip to ratio, pretty good, 45%. So the chips have a nice uh, golden hue to them.
0: Yeah, best before October 25th, 2019. Well, better get to eating then. They're fine. I'm taking a big one. Crokey, that is a knisperend stukje Belgische trots. Thinner chip, but
1: good crunch. Better than, better than a Lay's. Similar thickness, but more yeah. crunchy. Crunch. That, that Belgian so, potato.
0: So crokey is like kind of like croquant, which means knispery or knuspery or crispy or crispy, whatever. yeah. Not good paprika used, flavor. I'm a huge paprika fan, that's what I grew up on.
1: A little salt, but not they too have, intense. Um,
0: yeah, it's not, it's not uh, like a spicy paprika. It's almost more sweet. Yeah. Like Hungarian paprika that you would use in goulash. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly um, a great drink. I could eat these all day long and I just might. Very yummy. Yep. Not, they would be even better if they were like a kettle chip, right? Yeah. A little yeah, thicker. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think we're, we've been spoiled with all the kettle chips. No, these um, are good. This, yeah, this takes me back to my childhood. Um, okay, I'm going two
1: thumbs today. Yep.
0: I'm going to join you. I was uh, gonna I was gonna be ahead of you, and then you. Uh, I
1: jumped the gun. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely two thumbs up.
0: No, this. Um, get you, up. you want to do like the the signing that thing, and I'll just keep eating.
1: Yeah, you keep eating. Thank you for listening today, guys. Next week, we're gonna do part two of the hamstring series. So we will be doing proximal hamstring.
0: We're going very good, by the way.
1: The chips are good. Mhm. Right? Yep. Yeah. We're gonna review the uh, Joe Chips Sea Salt. Sure. Could I might good. still be eating these. Okay. Could be good. Yeah. Uh, if you like the show today, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you are looking for more information on hamstring injuries, give us a follow on Instagram and or Twitter throughout the week. If you want more information on Rebound Therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com.
0: And if you think you know us well enough to suggest a um, a little bit of theme music mm. for the intro, um, you know, let us know. Please do. Tweet us or InstaSnap us. Or just give us a call. Or, or drop by. Right. Whatever email. you want to do. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know. He's
1: Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.